Are you a woman founder starting or building your business and it's time to get unstuck and get growing? How do you do the big things that you're dreaming of, build your business empire, and still keep from breaking your sanity and your bank balance? Yes, I said empire. We don't play small around here. You aren't starting a little business or creating a side hustle. You are building your business empire. And if you want it, we are going to help you go get it. This is the One Step Empire from She Incorporated, and we're here every week to help you build your business and create freedom through success as an entrepreneur. This is the podcast for women founders who are building their dreams one step at a time. We aren't going to let you play small just because your budget might be. There are hundreds of ways you can create incredible impact in your business with the resources you have right now, and we're going to help you do that each and every week. Massive success in simple steps. That's what One Step Empire is all about. If you think you're the only woman entrepreneur that doesn't have an actual marketing strategy in place, I'm here to tell you that you are definitely not alone. It's incredibly common and often the main reason our businesses don't see consistent growth. Think about it. You try a little of this and then move on to a bit of that. Somebody said Reels was the thing to try, so you did that for a week, and then you tried some Facebook ads, and then that seasonal promotion that you thought would be a good idea. Does this sound familiar? Okay, so you know this is not the way to grow your business, and you realize you're probably wasting your budget by spending on marketing without a plan in place. So now what? Today's episode is exactly what? Janice is with us today, and she's laying out her simple process that gives you the path you need to follow called the trail to the sale. I honestly wanted to high-five her after every step she laid out for us when we were recording. It doesn't matter what stage of business you're at or what type of business you're in. Her process will help you create growth and start seeing results. It's amazing. So let's get into it. Janice is a brand and marketing strategist who partners with CEOs, executives, and solopreneurs to help grow their businesses. And after spending more than 25 years working in marketing for a variety of multi-million dollar brands, nonprofits, and new startups, Janice knows what truly drives conversions, can nurture leads, and can create solid brands. And she's actually developed a marketing framework called the Trail to the Sale, which we're going to talk about today. So today, Janice is going to help us move more potential customers into customers and make sure that we're capturing all the sales we can for our brand and our company. And Janice, I'd love it if you could give us a bit more insight into kind of how you got here and exactly what it is that you do now. Absolutely. Like so many other marketers, I started out in the corporate world and worked with some smaller businesses and some nonprofits and sort of all over the map before we moved to a small town in Wisconsin where I had no... um, really job opportunities available to me. And I had two little kids at home. So it was a great opportunity for me to kind of um, start my own thing. And so I had always been kind of on the the creative side of marketing. And so I started out with a little design firm, a little agency that ran out of my home at the time. And as I started working with small businesses to do their websites and their branding and all of that, I started realizing that they didn't really know what to do after that. They started a business that, you know, and so they said, well, I think I need a logo and a website. And then after that, they'd get a Facebook page and they were sort of lost, you know? So it was kind of a situation where I was trying to grow my own business at the time. So I really had to work through what the process was because even though I, I, 
I knew a lot of things with marketing because that had been my career. I didn't really understand how they all fit together. And I knew that just looking at a conventional marketing funnel, whereas the top part of the funnel is where people just basically come into the funnel and then they consider it and then they buy. I knew that that wasn't really accurate because first of all, people will hop out of the funnel and then come back later, or they might, you know, need some extra assistance getting through the funnel. And so, and as I was developing websites too, I realized that people's sites were not really set up for all of the stages that people go through when they are trying to decide who to buy from, and then ultimately to purchase again, and then also to send others to it. So it was just sort of this long process where I had to take a look at how my own marketing was and look at the clients that I had and and look at how they were marketing themselves. And what I found then was that uh, a lot of small businesses were were throwing kind of just everything into kind of like a marketing soup. You know, it's like, I need business. So I'm going to run a Facebook ad. Oh, that's not working. Let me try Google ads. Ooh, that's hard. I'm losing a lot of money that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe, maybe what I'll try is, you know, Pinterest or, you know, and, and there was no process and there was no strategy involved in that. So that's kind of where this all began. And with this framework, it's just made the world a difference, both for my own business and for other people's businesses that I've worked with. I think you've you've hit the nail on the head is that most, and I see exactly the same thing. I work with brand new startups as well as people in the first five years of business. And, and it is the most common thread is that nobody has an overarching strategy for their marketing. And if you ask people if they have a marketing plan, they say, well, yeah, I have a plan. You know, I do this in February and I'll, I'll, I'll do that. You know, we do this at Christmas time or whatever, but there's no, there's no written strategy. There's no complete cohesive plan. And, and they're just, it's, it's reactive rather than proactive and planned. So you've taken that marketing funnel and you've looked for the problems and then you've innovated some solutions. Yeah, I kind of combine a marketing funnel with a customer journey map and making it generic enough and based on human behavior enough that it's not going to trend in and out. Because people are people and, and our process has been the same since the beginning of time. You know, we have to, I mean, it starts out with the awareness phase. Well, obviously you need to be aware of something before you're even going to consider it. And even before that, you need to know what your problem is. And if you may not be aware that you, you have a certain problem, you may just be aware of the symptoms of that problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so as a consumer, we have to get to that point first. Like, okay, I have this problem. I have these symptoms. I don't know what the problem is. Oh, I, I see now it's this. I get it now. And then at that point, we start considering the solutions or consider a certain business or a certain vendor to fix that problem, right? But then we're looking around, you're like, oh, I don't know. This person offers that same solution or similar solution, you know? So you start looking at comparing them. And then you think, okay, well, this one looks good. Maybe I'll try them out. So that's the evaluation stage. And then they finally decide to jump in and buy it, which is the sell stage. And then as businesses, we can take that opportunity at that point to make sure that they may want something slightly different or they may want something more. So I call that the supersize stage. And then after they make that purchase, it's still important that we serve them. So that's the serve stage. And then, of course, we want people to refer us as businesses. So that's the send stage. So it feels it, it's kind of an acronym. It spells access. <laughs> but I... 
I called it thrill to the sale because it really, that is what it is. And, and I think together, if I'm working with a company and they're just doing a promotion for a new product, we go through that process. If we're working at a new startup, we go through that process. But before even they can do this process, we really need to know what your business is. So how it's positioned in the marketplace and positioning is how you define your product and how it fits in and how it's unique and better than any other alternatives out there, which that in itself can take a lot of soul searching. It's it's hard to narrow down and then really understand your target customer after that. And so for, for those first two steps before you get into the trail to the sale, what would you suggest as a couple of kind of quick tips for somebody who's just starting out their business in the first few years of their business? How do they do that? Oh, that's a great question. So I know um, most, me included, we want we don't want to turn business away, right? We so we want to be as general as possible, and and yeah, you can come here and you can come, you know, I'll do business with you. So I do this and a little of this, and and you know, and I can do that too. And and the problem doing that is that success is rooted in how it's positioned in the marketplace, not how versatile it is. Mm-hmm. So if you think about like a physician, if you got some vague symptoms, you might go to your general physician or your general practitioner. But if you know that you have a problem in your foot and you need surgery, you would go to a podiatrist, you go to a specialist. And no one person is really an expert in everything. So you need to kind of look at where you are an expert in. And once you've established your expertise in that area, you can also charge more. You can become the go-to person in that area because you are an expert in that smaller area. And sometimes people are consider themselves local businesses. But oftentimes people are, let's say you're an accountant or you specialize in, well, you just do accounting in general. And you might call yourself a local business and your customers are probably choosing you because you're convenient, you're close by and you're cheaper. And in a sense, you become a commodity and convenient and cheap are not words people use when they're talking about a premium product. And so the first couple of things to, to think about is how you can focus on being a specialist in one area. And like I said, I know it's hard and I struggle with this myself for sure. And then really getting to know your target customer. When people start out, and I think it's one of the most common starting out mistakes is that you want as many customers as you can have, right? So we oh, think yeah. that we need to appeal to the broad audience because we think that's going to give us more customers. But what it actually does is give us more competitors. And if we look at it that way, it makes it a little easier to say, okay, I don't want more competitors. I want to stand out on my own and I need to do this. Yeah, that's a great point. If if you can kind of do that as much as possible, and and like I said, it does take some soul searching because it's got you've got to be happy with the specialty you've chosen too, you know. And there's got to be a market for it. You don't want to get so specific that you you know only work with left-handed blondes with green eyes, you know, or whatever. But you you, you really want to get to a point where there's there is a, an audience for it, there is a need for it, but it's still a lot more narrow than broad. And then the next thing is the target customer, because oftentimes I'll work with businesses and they'll say, well, my target customer is a woman between the ages of 25 and 45. The problem is that that target customer who is 25 is going to be on a whole different person than the customer who's 45. They're going to be on different social media platforms. They're going to have a different life, you know? And so, you know, you're better off saying, you know, my target customer is 47-year-old nutrition coach who lives in uh, Wanakee, Wisconsin, and she likes to garden on the weekend. She has two kids in college. 
You know, so you get so specific that even though that person isn't really a real person, you are talking to that individual in your head when you're writing every email, when you're writing social media posts, because that's your dream customer. That's your ideal customer. And that's those are the two things that are really foundational, I would say, even before we talk about getting on the, the trail to the sale. Yeah. I think, again, we get caught in that trap, especially if you're an online business, your audience is infinite. You know, there are, there are hundreds of thousands of that 47 year old, even if you get that specific that are out there. And if you can talk to her, your message is going to resonate so strongly with her that she just can't not do business with you. Right. So, oh yeah, um, we actually have a whole exercise. If you're listening now and you want to get a little deeper on that, we've got a buyer personas template on the website at shecorporated.com. You can actually just go there and look for free downloads and download it. And it'll take you through that whole exercise that Janice is talking about. And it's a really powerful way to get really clear on who your, who your target is. Right, right. And it, and it really does make, it, it really is a game changer. It makes a ton of difference, especially in your communication. Because if you're writing out there to everybody, it just sounds kind of watered down. If you're writing to that person, it's going to feel awkward at first, but you're going to see a difference for sure. So those are the things we need to do before we really get into the trail to the sale. So now how do we get started on the trail to the sale? How do you guide us through that? Great, great. Well, let me, I'm going to give you a pitch here. I do have a free download, janicehostager.com forward slash trail, and that will give you a little workbook and sort of this outlines all of this for you as well. But how we get started is we start asking ourselves questions. So you've got to, let's say we're, we're launching a new product. And so we just have to ask yourself, okay, where is your target customer? You, you know, generally who that customer is, but let's say you've got specific then. And how will people, how will that person find me? you know, online through SEO, will it be on social media or, you know, kind of how will I find them too? But often now we have in the internet age, we have more pull marketing than push marketing. So we're going to want to pull people in with free downloads or some other um, tactic where we can get people to come to us when they need help versus running ads, which is what happened back in the olden days where that's all that was available, really. And sometimes in this awareness stage, it can be word of mouth, it can be conferences, it can be, you know, a bandaid on your car door, or it can be any number of things, t-shirt, just to let people know uh, who you are and what you do. The awareness stage is any, anywhere that your customer can discover you or you can discover your customer. And then after that, we go into the consideration stage. And this is where we diagnose your customer's symptoms and show them how you can you know, basically transform their life and help them. And at this point is when I like to pull people in for an email address because that's really email marketing is still the most cost-effective form of marketing out there. We still open emails every single day. And there's some other ways to, I mean, you know, SMS, short message, that stand for <laughs> texting. <laughs> It's, 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 it's gotten more popular now too, but really just try and get the, some contact information so you can continue to have some conversations with them. And then the question I ask at that point is, how can I offer them a value in exchange for their contact information? And then after that, I talk about the compare stage. And this is where you show how you stand out and you're different from your competitors. Because no matter how unique you are, no matter how blue ocean you think you are, there are going to be other solutions out there that your customer is going to be looking at, or you need to assume that there are anyway, or even workarounds, whatever. So the question then is, how can I address people's concerns about my product and with working with me? And that's where your branding comes in 
to play too. It's like you need to let people know who you are and what your company is all about. And and just a tip there for people, because I hear this all the time as well. They say, well, I don't have any competitors, just like you alluded to there. Even if there's not someone out there selling exactly the product that you're selling, something is being used to fill that need. So whether it's a similar product, whether it's whatever it happens to be. So look at who your your target customers are, what the problem is that you are solving, and, and look at all the other ways that they can solve that problem because that's your competition. Absolutely. Yeah. We kind of miss that one. You think our product is so unique mm-hmm. and it might be. And the flip side of that is that you may have a product that is a commodity, basically. Let's say you're a hairdresser and obviously there are hairdressers everywhere. But I think back to one, when we lived in Wisconsin for 20 years, I went to the same hairdresser and that was because it was her personal brand. Her brand stood out to me. I I would pay more to go to her because she did what she did so well. So on the flip side, you absolutely don't want to be a commodity, but you want to be able to help them and set yourself apart at the same time, help them be your customers. And the the next stage is the evaluation stage. And that is, now if it's a higher price item, we kind of want to give them a low price point that can lead to a higher price purchase later on. So it could be a sale. It could be 10% off pop up on your site for free shipping or something like that. You kind of want to get them to make that first purchase because if they can make that first purchase, they're more likely to make a second purchase and so on. It's not always relevant. It's less relevant. Like if you are selling chewing gum or something like that, you know, it's, it's less of a, an investment for people, but we always evaluate. We always make a decision whether or not our purchase was worth the price we paid. And we always make that decision. So you need to be aware of that and address what you can offer them that would make trying you out a no-brainer for them. And make sure you pack a lot of value into whatever that first introductory purchase is going to be so that they really feel that they've got a lot of value and they're willing to step up to that next. Totally, totally. And then after that, we were going to talk about the sell stage. And this is where you look at your pricing and messaging around the sale of your product. So you ask yourself, I mean, how could I encourage this purchase without necessarily discounting the price? There's a lot of psychology that goes into pricing. Really, the the pricing probably at that point can encourage or discourage people as well. Not always. It's not always the, the turning point for people. Sometimes people don't care what they pay. They just need it. But generally, that's kind of what I look at at that point. That's a good place to be. I know, right? <laughs> that doesn't happen often enough. No. That's a great place to be. It doesn't matter what it costs. I'll take it. Uh, Well, you know, there are some situations too where, you know, it's like, okay, I need this. I'll figure out a way to pay for it because people do find money for things they really need or that they're convinced they really need, honestly. And then we look at the supersize stage and this is the ways that you can upsize the offer or suggest something that's additional and that will benefit them. So it may be that you have three packages, for instance, and you want to give them this extra bonus over here because it will help them with this other problem that you see that they have. So I know it's a little vague, but you no, get the I, idea. <laughs> I, I really like that. I think that's such a missed opportunity for, for so many businesses. We just think about that thing that we're selling. We don't think about all the other opportunities that come with it to what else does that customer need? How else can I package this? What can I add on to it? Like the extended warranty or you know whatever yes. whatever it happens to be that is something else that they need. And it's, it's a huge revenue opportunity because they're already there. You've already spent the marketing dollars to get them there. It's, yes. it's, you know, it's a lot more profit. Not only that, but, but think about this, that people come to you because they have this problem they need solved. And sometimes we can get in our head that, oh, I don't want to sell them things. You know, it's like, it feels sleazy to us, but they need help. 
and you can provide that. So I think there's no shame in that at all. You just need to, like you said, just let them know that you have this available for them and that you think that they could use it. So yeah, I, I think it's a and it's an issue for women more so than men it, with with marketing and sales. And it, we talk about this all the time. If you believe what you have is worthwhile, if you believe it's good, if you believe the service, the product, whatever it is, is something that people need, then you've got an obligation to let them know that you have it. You have an obligation to market to them, to sell to them, to explain to them all of the benefits and let them, you know, they're going to make up their own mind, but you need to let them know that it exists. Otherwise, they you can't give them the help that they need. Oh, totally. They are reaching out to you because they need help. And there's no shame in letting them know that you can help them. And then the next aspect to this trail, the next stop on the trail is what I call the serve section. And that's kind of after the sale. And how can you continue to offer them value? It could be through customer support, special bonuses, if it's an ongoing membership or something like that, keep showing them that you appreciate them. And even if they don't, it's not an ongoing thing, you know, sending out an email saying, hey, I really appreciate you. And you know, I want to offer you this. Since you bought from us, we're going to give you this or whatever. Just let them know that you're there for them to help them if they have any questions, if they have any concerns, what, whatever, that you can be available for them. The warm, fuzzy feelings and the appreciation and there's there's that aspect of it. And then it's also, it's so much easier to keep a customer than it is to get a new one. I mean, strategy-wise, what is it? Is it five times, it costs five times as much to sell to a new customer than to an existing customer, something like that? Yes, something like that. And it's cheaper to do it because you've if you've already gone through all the trouble to get them to the point where they buy, then you want to keep them happy. I mean, there are some things that are just a, a one once and done thing, but if they need that again, or if they have friends or if they know anybody else that needs that service, that brings me to the last section, which is the send section, which is think about how you can encourage your customers to tell other people about their great experiences with you and offer a thank you. Just don't say, oh, we, you know, we love referrals, which is great, but a thank you gift is always appreciated. I know whenever anybody would send me a client, I would send them a, you know, just a Starbucks gift card or something like that, you know, just, just to say thank you. And, and they appreciate it and they, they remember it. It's amazing to me how many people remember those things. Things not to send them is a, a coupon for their next purchase with you. I've had that happen too. Oh no. Well, and I think depending on the size of the purchase, one of my other companies is a promotional products company. And this is what we do all day long is is gifts for people. And we have quite a few referral programs and thank you programs that we run automatically for our own clients. And you know, if, if it's a big client, it can be a big thank you. If it's a medium-sized client, maybe it's just a little gift that comes in the mail or a, something that comes virtually. But if it's even if it's tiny little purchases like the coffee and you, you see them all the time, the, even the tiny little referrals can be rewarded in points that they can accrue and they can spend towards something or there's there's all sorts of ways to do it to fit it to the situation that that fits your business. Absolutely. And every one of these little signposts on the trail, I'm going to call them, I mean, there's so much depth and there's so many opportunities. It really, really depends on what it is that you're selling and who you're selling it to. And that's why it's nice to just start with this as a framework because you can fill in the blanks then and you can decide how this is relevant for you and, and this particular promotion and this particular customer. So that and that's where it really depends on human behavior and you're plugging in the right the right information. <laughs> And I think everything that you've covered here is, is really every single business can benefit from this. It doesn't matter whether you're online, whether you're brick and mortar, whether you're whatever industry you're in, these are basic foundational strategy pieces that you can put into place for your own business. I think it's fantastic. 
Thank you. It's it's very it's been very helpful for me. And it's still evolving. You know, it's like if I learn something new, it's like because I I didn't have serve in there initially and you know, I missed some things initially. So I think you can customize it to your own business as well. Maybe evaluation isn't going to be necessary, but it's it's versatile. So that's why I use it. <laughs> We're gonna put the links for this download that Janice is giving us that goes through all of this and, and has all the information. So I'm sure you didn't get to write all that down, especially if you're driving. We're gonna put it in the show notes. And then anytime you're looking for anything, if you don't have notes on the platform that you're listening to the podcast, you can also go to the podcast website, onestepempire.com all the shows, all the show notes, all the links for Janice are going to be there as well. And I like to ask at the end when we have some time, what's your advice or your best advice, Janice, for newer women founders? Oh, that's a great question. I would say, well, a couple of things come to mind. One is get out of your head. I have certainly been there. You get all excited. You have this idea, you're starting this new business and immediately you think, oh, I can't be on video or, oh my gosh, this is so much. And you start the, the overwhelm kind of starts setting in. And that's the whole reason why I came up with this framework to begin with too, is because that overwhelm of it was just overwhelming. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say, you know, just start taking action because we tend to overthink things. I think maybe as women, we tend to do that more and we're a little less brave about getting out there and and putting ourselves out there and especially showing ourselves on camera. And it's a little hard to, to get out of my head sometimes, but I think just generally taking action is important and reminding yourself that you are there to serve others and that you are there for a purpose. And there's a lot that you can add to your customer's life and you are doing them a service by being in business. And those kind of affirmations I think have helped me over the years. Definitely the mindset thing. And then definitely just taking action for sure. That's a big one. This just getting it going. As women, we tend to we have this perfectionist thing, don't we? It's got to be perfect before we show it to anybody because we don't want anyone to criticize it. We don't want it to be not perfect. And you, you got to get it going because it's never going to be perfect. Oh, I know. Yeah. And yesterday I was working on a blog post and I I chunk out my days like two hours for this project, three hours for because it's the only way I can get things done. And, you know, I ran out of time <laughs> and I was like, this isn't where I want it yet. And I... I <laughs> You know, and my, my mantra is 80%. If I can get to 80%, I'll be good, you know, and, but it's hard to put something out there. It's only 80% perfect, yeah. you know? So definitely that part of it can be challenging and I still struggle with it. So in the show notes, we're going to have all the links for Janice and for the download for the trail to the sale. So you can go and download that from Janice's site. And then also Janice has tons of done-for-you marketing services available, do-it-yourself packages with all the tools you need if marketing is not your jam and you need some help with this and lots of other options if marketing is something that you want to get off your own plate. So you can check that out when you go to Janice's site as well. So I just wanted to say thanks for for coming and hanging out with us and, and dropping all this wisdom today, Janice. Oh, I really appreciate it. This was fun, Christy. Thanks so much for having me. appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to the One Step Empire podcast. All the resources you need are found on our site, shecorporated.com. There are free downloads. The link to join our community of women entrepreneurs is there. All the show notes for every podcast episode, links to everything we've got going on, and the link to subscribe to the magazine for women founders, She Corporated Magazine. All of it can be found at shecorporated.com on the web. Make sure you follow us at She Corporated on Facebook or Instagram and set aside some time this week to put into practice what you learned today on the podcast. 
block some time on your calendar in the next seven days and really commit to putting it into practice and not just on your to-do list because massive action creates massive results. You can do this and we're here to help.